Good morning. Glad to have y'all here, and there's uh, a lot going on this morning, I think, behind the scenes, so just hang on for the ride. It might, might get bumpy, but we're going we're gonna to make it through it, so glad to have y'all here. Uh, I think most of you here know the, know the routine on, on where the bathrooms are and the, where you put the money for the, for the ties, and... Um, all the little details like that if you have any questions uh, grab somebody that knows looks like they know what they're doing uh, this Wednesday there'll be a Bible study with Pastor Ray uh, Thursday night will be a special time um, just, let's see it'll be Thursday at 6 o'clock Cypress Street and North Crossings are sponsoring a uh, Mercy Multiplied Worship Experience. It'll be at Christ Church. Um, you see Ray for tickets. They're ten dollars, and uh, should be a good, good worship experience. Um, one thing uh, I will bring to your attention: the Advent uh, devotional journal, whatever, are available back in the foyer and. Uh, those of you who uh, who like them, enjoy reading them every year, they're back there and avail available for you, uh, right there on that little little table right outside the door. Uh, be sure and get get you one of them. Also, Carolyn wanted me to mention about the Guatemalan orphan um, project that we're a part of as a church. We're uh, we're doing that again this year, sponsoring the orphan. The deadline for the money to be turned in is November 30th. And uh, I think you can just make the, if you do a check, just make it out to Cypress Street Church. And uh, included in that Guatem in the, uh, whatever we get for the kids, we're also given money to have like a wooden cubicle, uh, cubicles built for uh, the orphanage that we went to on our recent trip. And so uh, some of the money will go toward that. And then uh, also, and uh, I'll go ahead and mention uh, the little fella that we gave the money for, the little orphan on hell. Uh, Carvin let us know that he had been diagnosed with cerebral palsy. So, uh, Remember, excuse me. Remember him. Alrighty, let's see. Um, I believe that's all. We're, we'll have the Charlotte's going to help me now with the Advent reading. Company is coming. Have you experienced the thrill of house guests? What needs to be done to get a home ready? Turn on some lights. Practice hospitality. Advent is a time of preparation. 
celebrating the arrival of Jesus as a baby in our midst and looking forward to his return as the soon and coming king. This year, we center our thoughts on Hebrews 13, verses 1 and 2. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some have entertained angels without knowing it. On this first Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of hope. The prophet Isaiah announced, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Isaiah 9 verse 2. A simple act of hospitality is to leave a light on, a candle in the window, a lamp by the door, a light in the bedroom, a night light in the hall. Illumination guides the eyes and steps, showing the way to move forward, a glimmer of hope in times of darkness. Where is it deeply dark in our world today? Who is behind bars of shame or addiction? Who is stuck in the darkness of debt or despair? Is someone lonely or afraid, discouraged or grieving? Left out or overlooked, who feels hopeless, confused, and in the dark? Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Isaiah 60, verse 1. In him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. John 1, verses 4 and 5. For it is God who said, Let light shine out of darkness. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. You who believe in Jesus are the light of the world. The light of hope is in you. This Advent season, let us be the light bearers as we entertain strangers in our midst. Shine light in dark places. Punch holes in the darkness. Offer the hope of Jesus. Let your, shine, your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. We, we give, give glory, glory to God, God for, for hope. hope. Alrighty, let's sing. Oh, she stand with us this morning as we sing, Oh, come all ye faithful.
singing carols again. <laughs> We're going to be singing now Jesus Messiah. That's another beautiful, beautiful song with a great message.
Children, you may go to your classes now. Ray is going to uh, say the prayer for us this morning before he comes up, and he's going to add add a few things to uh, the request that I'm I'm going to mention now. Uh, you can see the ones listed in your in your bulletin. Uh, in addition to those, and I'll give you a couple details on some of them in a second. Uh, surely. Weems mentioned that all three of Amanda's kids have the flu, so uh, let's keep them uh, keep them in our prayers. Uh, Wendy uh, sent me a message this morning, Wendy Chandler, and said that Bill is uh, he was airlifted. Just to update those who may not know, he was airlifted to Jackson uh, this week with some. Uh, some head, uh, some head bleeding and head hurting and uh, different things. And this morning, she said that the, I think, I think I'm telling you right. The the headache has somewhat subsided, maybe a little bit hurting still. He's up walking around some. Uh, best they know, there's no bleeding going on now, but he's having some muscle spasms. And uh, I think Wendy's, Wendy and Bill's mom are coming home. I think today, and then uh, Wendy will go back tomorrow, I believe. So just keep all all the uh, Chandler Elmore family in your prayers. Uh, those of you who don't know, Lonnie Swan passed away yesterday evening. And uh, Ray's going to say some more, uh, say some more about that. And uh, let's keep remembering Larry Worsham and uh, Ray, you come on, buddy. Kill this one here, and I'm going to use this one here. And you might have to turn me down. We're so hot this morning, I can hear myself think. And that's a scary thing. Please turn me down. Um, I want to share. Is, do I need to do something with this? Turn me way down. Thank you. Um, thank you. They're perfect. Uh, I want to share a couple things uh, before we go to prayer. I appreciate Marlon sharing about Bill and that update. Um, I've been in contact with Steve Lonnie Swan's son. Um, 
he's going to need to do a direct burial, so I think that's 48 hours graveside. But I, I, I've been, had enough people at the church here, and being that he was a minister and talking to Brother Steve, our uh, state pastor, uh, we we will have us a memorial service one way or the other. Um, so we're going to do one. I don't know if maybe we can pull it off next Sunday afternoon. we got pastors that want to come. So we will do a memorial service. But as soon as we know something, we'll let you know. His wishes was just for a graveside, nothing at all kind of thing. I don't know uh, when that will be. And weather's a factor. I think that would be Tuesday. It's supposed to rain all day. So... Anyway, we'll let you know, but it's possible, I'm just being honest, that we're not going to really be invited to that. Uh, but we will be doing a memorial service uh, to honor Brother Lonnie. Um, just be in prayer for the whole situation. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that in just a minute as well. And of course, Larry, we're, we're going to really be praying for you as you see your doctor. And I know it's going to be another doctor and another doctor and all that's involved in that, but with a diagnosis of cancer and a little growth coming back, let's be in prayer uh, for him. Traveling, I'm aware of the Vickery's traveling, Chandler be coming back. I'm aware of the Oldham's coming back, I believe. Um, and there's probably others traveling because we've got a lot of folks that are out. So uh, a lot of traveling going on uh, coming back this, this season. So want to be in prayer for that. Um, and of course the flu. Wow, the forets, and uh, been there, done that, and do not want a t-shirt. I'm telling you that. I tell you, what, let's bow together and pray. Father God, it's no accident that each of us are here this morning, and you have drawn us into your presence. It is such a joy and privilege to come into your presence, to come into the sanctuary, to worship you. Lord, you are amazing. You are king above all kings. You're Lord of lords. Lord, as we sang both songs, you're faithful. Lord, may we be faithful. We honor you, we adore you, and in Christmas season 2022, we have much to be thankful for. Finally, we can kind of get together we could actually have communion this morning and maybe the altars are open. There, there are things that are different. And yes, Lord, the world's crazy and things are going on. And there's so much to pray about and be concerned about and flu and all these kind of things. But God, we still take the many blessings that you give us. And we'll talk more about that, Father, together in our message. But Lord, thank you. Praise your holy name. Now, God, you tell us to cast our cares to you. And we've shared, Marlon and I, several prayer requests. And we see a long list there in the bulletin. And, Lord, that's not even covering so many more that we just pray for almost daily, Lord, like Sandy and others. But, God, I pray that especially you be with Larry during this time of diagnosis and treatment. But, God, you're able to do healing. All healing comes from you. So, God, we reach out. And ask for a miracle again. You've provided it many times in his stead and we ask for that. Father, you are touching Bill right now in St. Dominic's ICU and we praise you for that. And I pray, God, that you continue to do a work. Work on his body, encourage his heart and his spirit and draw him close to you. Touch Wendy and Bill's mother and all that's involved in that, Father. 
Father Ferlani and the service that he provided. Lord, he is happy. He's rejoicing. Father, it's just, it's a joy to know where he is. And thank you for taking him home. Thank you for the privilege uh, to know him a little bit and the service that he's provided the kingdom. And his sweet spirit, Lord, and his love to sing and his love to be with you. He is finally seeing face to face you, Jesus. What a joy we all desire one day. Thank you for that, Father. Lord, again, we've mentioned all those traveling, many with the flu. Lord, many this morning would love to be here and they're ill. God, touch them. Brother Lowry, just so many that come to our mind. Every need we cast to you. Lord, that person on our heart that's struggling right now, we cast to you. And now, Lord, in a few minutes as we break the word and we break the bread and drink the wine, we just pray, Father, that you would just draw us to you, that we would literally in these next 30 minutes or so, Father, zone in on you, lay aside all the things on our list and on our minds, worship you, be challenged by you. Yes, God, you have permission to speak to us this morning. Encourage us. Give us direction. Be real. Father, we love you this morning. We adore you. And I thank you for this church family and every person that's here. Will you just bless us with a powerful outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you this morning. You know, I preached a sermon series on gratitude. So I want to thank you this morning, and I want to provide some thank yous. First of all, decorating the church did not happen by itself. We did that the week before, and it just didn't happen. So this week, I want to ask the, the three that, that worked on uh, decorating yesterday, or was it yesterday or the day before? It seemed like it was Friday. Okay, Friday. Stand. Would you stand? Come on. I'm going to embarrass you. Mike, stand up, Mike. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, next year or next month when they take it down, you're welcome to join and I'll have you stand. And then next year, it needs to be three times as many people. One could take one tree, one could take another tree. Thank you. Secondly, I really felt led to do this. We've had some people in this church that have been super faithful at going to see Lonnie in the nursing home. And um, I only became really aware of it later. Um, and when I contacted our state pastor, he thought he was in Florida. There's been a tremendous lack of communication on my part involved with all that. So I apologize. I did get to have prayer. Dana and I did with him. Um, actually, uh, the, the earlier the day he passed away, and, uh, and take a picture of him, send him to his son, who has not actually been able to see him in about two and a half years. Um, and, and so there was a joy there. But here's what I want to do. If you had, were able to see Lonnie in the nursing home in the last couple years, would you stand? Come on. Anybody? I think there's two girls right here. Larry. 
Great. I want to honor you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I think James Vickery, too, is that correct? And I'm sure there's others. But guys, I'm not putting any guilt on anybody because I couldn't stand other than just the other day. Is I just want to honor those that do a lot of stuff in secret and we don't know about it and have a, have a chance to do that. And I want to thank you. Okay, thirdly, I got a lot of stuff. Normally I don't have this much. This Thursday, just down the street at Christ Church, Mercy has an event, and there were some flyers out there, and we've been talking about it. And your church, along with North Crossings, First West, and several others, are sponsoring the event. Uh, so what that means is I have five tickets, uh, VIP, get to sit up front. Uh, if you would love to go to that. But it's an evening of worship with Mallory Aiken. So there's a lot of congregational worship and singing. Probably pretty contemporary. Um, and so, and there's also a fundraiser. They're asking, you know, those that can to give $10. And then there'll be opportunities to fill out a card and make donations. You guys as a church support Mercy uh, Ministries, Mercy Multiplied. And... Um, this is their only annual local fundraiser. So if you would like to go, if you would see me, text me, let me know. First come, first serve. We'll make sure that you get a ticket if you want to go. And I hope some of you will. Uh, it's Thursday night at 6 o'clock. And uh, so it starts a little early. But it'll be a great time to be with the body of Christ in the Monroe, West Monroe area. Praising the Lord uh, together. So that's this Thursday as well. And finally, today is Communion Sunday, and uh, we, we're sorry it's been a long time since we've been able to do this. But what we're going to do is do a little different. By the way, it's open communion. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, or if it, by the end of the service you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the communion is open to you because it's not about the church. It's about Jesus Christ and a personal relationship with Him. So, what we're going to do... We're going to, at the end, I'm going to open it up, and if you would like to, you can come forward, get your elements, and you can either kneel at the altar, sit on the front row or two if you want to, and we'll spend a little time thinking and, and meditating, and I have a challenge for you. And then after a song, we will take the elements together. For those of you that do not want to come forward, not able to come forward, you are welcome to stay where you are, and Marlon and perhaps someone else will pass elements to you, and you just stay seated where you're at, okay? But we're going to actually open it up today, so that's something new, okay? Thank you so much. Well, if you'll take your outline, look on the back, we'll get started. How many of you will need to confess your sin before eating today? I mean, before eating the elements. <laughs> because you've ate too much. I tried to pull my coat around the first coat. It didn't go, so I'm on the, the second coat. <laughs> I have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and it was amazing. I'm just telling you, <laughs> I've eaten too much. It was, Dana did so good. It was great. Well, I'm, I'm titled today's message, Unwrapping Great Gifts. I, I saw a letter to Santa I had to read to you this morning. It says, Dear Santa, there are three boys in my house. Jeff is two, Colin is four, Norman is seven. Jeff is good some of the time, Colin's good 
pretty much most of the time. And Norman is good all the time. I am Norman. I love that. <laughs> now, so in a little bit later at the end of the service, when we examine ourselves, make sure you're not too biased like Norman, okay? Uh, there was a little boy that sat on, this is more one I relate to. A little boy sat on Santa's lap in the department store and he pulls out a long list. <laughs> this fits me. He has, he has a duplicate copy. <laughs> and he says, you can keep this one. And he had Santa a list. He's got a duplicate, okay? And he wanted a PlayStation, a bicycle, a train set, a ball and bat, on and on is a long list. Santa wisely says, I'll take the list and between now and Christmas I'll check and see if you've been a good boy or not. The boy thought a minute, he grabbed the list back from Santa and he said, how about just a ball and bat? <laughs> I can relate to that guys, I'm just telling you. Well there are gifts of all types. There's gifts like we just ate and, you know, somebody makes these amazing food items and they're amazing for a short term, but they don't last very long. There's gifts you can buy that, remember you used to buy these electronic things and they're cheapies or whatever, the games, we've all had them. They don't last very long. Two sets of batteries and they're gone, you know. And then there are gifts that last a lifetime. Some of them are physical gifts, like maybe someone you know, actually gets a gift of some furniture that becomes a family heirloom or, or as many of us in our generation and, and older, uh, China. I know, you know, that was really a big deal when you got married and one day you had China and had gold around it. You know what? Not so much more. What we found out when my parents uh, sailed when they passed away, nobody cares about that anymore. It's worth like pennies on a dollar. So something that was cherished at one time can lose value. And then sometimes things that are not worth anything become to worth, worth something later. And, you know, I wanted to share with you our text. It's very brief this morning in James chapter 1 verse 17. We have many more scriptures, but this is the key text. When we think about Christmas and the giving, and there's two or three messages I'm going to have about giving, but... Uh, and the wise men, etc., is this. And it says this Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Let me just tell you that short scripture will preach. And I'm going to try to do a little bit uh, of justice with it this morning. Did you know your God desires to give us good and perfect gifts? His plan actually was to have no sickness. Every time I get really ill, you know, I think about it and you'll go, oh Lord, why don't you let this happen? You know, and you know how we are, or at least I do. You know, and we kind of go through all that. But did you know God's plan was there to be no sickness? Also, Lord, why can't we see you? Why can't you manifest yourself today? And all of us who in ministry are like, oh, Lord, could you just, you do at times, but could you just pour it out? The reason I know that, did you know in the beginning that God created this perfect, beyond Disney World atmosphere? 
It was called the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. It was like heaven on earth because every day God came and guess what he did? He walked and he talked and he spent time with us. He communed with us in person. Every day in the evening in a perfect environment. No disease, no employment, no unemployment, no government programs, no drama, just God coming down every day. And that was God's desire. He created us and he wanted to have fellowship with us. Guys, never, ever forget that. That's powerful. Powerful. So what are some gifts we get from God? Now there is no way I could even do an ounce of justice on all the gifts God gives us. But I'm going to try and I'm going to start with the first one. The first one is, I believe that a lot of us take this for granted, the gift of life. The gift of life. Notice your scripture there taken in Genesis. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Psalms 139 talks about it. And it goes into a little more detail. That God created you while you're in your mother's womb. He was knitting together your genetic parts, your chromosomes, and your genes and making you unique. So if your nose isn't right, God made it that way. If you don't like the way you look, you wouldn't like the way you looked if you looked differently. I'm just telling you. Or you can go spend a bunch of money and hurt a little bit and have a tight look or <laughs> whatever. I, I just sometimes have to laugh at some of our stars and Hollywood stars that go too far with that. You know what I mean? So this morning, <laughs> you know, God created you. And as I said in the beginning, um, God desires to have fellowship with you and guess what? We messed it up. And I love this. Well, we didn't mess it up. Eve messed it up. Well, Adam messed it up too. Well, let's sue them. Maybe we need reparations. Let's contact Congress and get some reparations because they messed up. That's how we do things, right? Mankind messed up. Here's what I want to tell you. If it had been you and me in the garden, we'd messed it up too. Because, you know, man... Man just has a struggle and he messed it up. And ever since then, we have that nature. But here's the thing. Did that desire to spend time with us stop? No. Look at your next scripture. This is taken from... I see. You know what? Got left, maybe it left off your outline. I want to read a scripture to you. Rome, Revelation 22.17. I apologize. This is the end of the Bible. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let who hears say, come. Whoever's thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. At the very end, and guess what it says also at the very end? He will wipe away every tear. And that's why I was talking about Lonnie. There's no tears. There's no pain. All those years of being there kind of lonely, right? And then... It's even worse. I don't want to get into all of it, but losing his hearing, then losing his vision. You know, then you can have 
letters you can write him, but then they had to get real big, you know what I mean? I mean, to see it, and near the end couldn't even see it. All of that longing to spend time with the Lord, and here's what I'm telling you, there's nothing but joy there, and there's no way he'd come back, and everybody that I've talked to that's died and gone, at least to the gates, nobody wanted to come back. I've never heard of a story of anybody that said, Oh, I was so glad to come back and get back here and spend time with... It's kind of personal. If it's you, you're the best friend. I'm sorry, Ray, but <laughs> I didn't want to come back and see you again. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, but the joy is so great. Here's what I'm saying. God still wants to spend time with us. The gift of life he gave us and the fellowship he wants to have with us. And in the end, he's still saying the same thing. Come, come. I want to spend time with you. And we don't have to wait till the end. We can do it now. The second gift is obviously amazing. The gift of Jesus. Did you know Jesus was born to save and born to die? His name means God saves. That's why, and, and I have a scripture here on your outline in Luke where angel said to Mary you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus he will be great and be called the son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever his kingdom will never end and it's still going on today his kingdom with you and I and the church and all the things that's involved in that. He was born to save us. In fact, his name in Isaiah in the Old Testament is Emmanuel. We, we sang about that this morning. Do you know what that is? God with us. That's God in the flesh. That's what Jesus is. There is no greater gift other than we're born and we have life. And as I talked about it, Today, Satan does such a bad a job of messing with us. There's people that actually take their life. When all they need to do is give their life to Jesus and have purpose and joy, have a relationship with the Father. We were created to be that way and experience life, yes, with struggles, but life more abundantly. Take heart, I've overcome the world, right? that kind of life, the life you and I have. Yes, we have problems. Yes, we have pain. Yes, we get sick. Yes, we have loss. Yes, we have down times. But we don't grieve or hurt like everybody else, do we? We have hope because of Jesus, the intermediary, the God with us. He sacrificed to pay my debt of sin. And that's why I said if I was in the Garden of Eden, I'd probably messed up too. I used to get so mad at Adam and Eve when I was a kid. We could have lived and, you know, boy, wouldn't it have been great. And it seems like the Spirit always said, oh, so you think you'd done better. Okay. <laughs> now, we're talking about gifts. What a high-priced gift. What an eternal gift. It cost God his only son. For you and I to sit in this 
place today and me stand here and for us to be able to take communion and be right with God. It cost him his son. What an amazing gift. What a high price. Thirdly, so what's some other gifts we get? The gift of the church. In Acts 2, 47 or so, it says, I'm going to skip down to the last part of that. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I'm going to stop there just a minute. When we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, whether you know it or not, you become a part of God's kingdom, God's family, and therefore God's church. We get so confused because of denominational divisions and all that. But here's the thing. You become a part of the kingdom of God and His church. And I will tell you as I travel around the country and the world, when you run into other Christians, they're just your brothers and sisters. Amen? And it's just like you're the same family. And even some things in the Bible open to interpretation we disagree on are not important if you're part of God's church or God's kingdom. And that's a gift because we were never ever meant to be alone. God saw Adam was alone and what did he do? He created, whoa man. I love the guy preaching one time said, when Adam saw Eve, he went, whoa man. And that's how she got her name. I like that. I like that. I like that. God wants us to have fellowship. And he was coming every day and having fellowship with us. He wants us to have fellowship with him. And with one another. And he knows that we can't make it alone. You cannot make it alone. I'm a better person because Dana, my wife, you know, advises me, corrects me, laughs with me, encourages me, and yes, sometimes corrects me. In fact, I've gotten to where, you know, she goes to the church a lot earlier, and this morning she would have said when I put on that suit coat, that's probably 20 years, I got so many suits because you used to have to wear them every day, and that's not cool now, but I did it and it went to about right here. She said, oh no, no. You know, she would have helped me with that. I didn't have her. You know, but I heard her voice. <laughs> you know, and, and all I'm saying is that's good. The, the, the pastors I've worked with and ministers and other people that, that are not married struggle a little bit with that, to be honest, not having that. But God wants us to have fellowship. It's awesome. It's, it's amazing. I think the church is the most underrated, totally misunderstood thing in the world. I got it. Have there been church, organized churches that have been weird and miss it and all? Absolutely. The kingdom of Israel did the same thing. When Jesus came, the church and the religious leaders were the worst. We got that. Because the organization of any organization that starts good gets rules and they add rules to the rules. Any government does that. Every now and then Louisiana I think has done like three constitutions because they have so many amendments to the constitution they have to come back and create a new one and then guess what next year we'll have seven more amendments to the constitution. 
We keep trying to legislate. We want rules. Here's what I'm telling you. It's not about rules. It's about a relationship with God. And there really are two main rules. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor, and that's including your church and everybody, as yourself. And then you got the Ten Commandments. They're not suggestions. We can't even get those right. Okay? Ten. All right? But my point is, it's about a relationship where all these don't mean anything. That's what it's all about. The gift of the church. Man, I love the church. I think about people who pass away without the church. And then I think about those who pass away with the church. Just like what we're going to do with Brother Lonnie. I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, there's no family. There's no anything. But in the kingdom of God and in the church, we're all together. We love one another. We encourage one another. We eat together. Yes, we do. <laughs> and and we, we go on trips together. We do things together. And we have unity that can only come by the Holy Spirit in diversity. Which leads me to my next gift. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2, I did leave off the scripture. So in Christ we are many who form one body. Each member belongs to the other. And that's what I'm talking about. Each of us have purpose. We're all unified together and we grow. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. Then you will receive the gift, and we're talking about gifts. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift that gives. I want to repeat that. The Holy Spirit is a gift. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You surely don't deserve it. It's a gift from God, and it's a gift that gives. Now, I want you to think about what can you purchase or get that keeps giving? If it's something electronic, it takes batteries or power and it keeps taking. Most of the gifts you give have a sucking sound from your billfold right to them. Okay? The Holy Spirit's an amazing gift. It's a gift that keeps giving. What does it give? It gives you gifts. Every one of you have at least one gift and many of you have several gifts. And those of you that I've got to know a little better, I know what your gifts are. I can see your gifts. God gives you the gift of hospitality. God gives some of you the gift to teach. He gives some of you the gift to sing and worship in a very special way. We might all have some of these gifts, but I'm talking a very powerful way. For some, it's the gift of prayer, of healing, you know. For some, it's the gift of discernment to, to just see things and, and know things and all. There's gifts that God gives you so that the other gift, the church, is equipped. God gives the gifts so that here with him gone physically, we have the helper, we have the enabler, the encourager, we have the comforter that's here now to give us gifts to be a part of the church. So all our business is taken care of by a couple folks or three or four in a group. Our leadership's taken care of by folks. The church is decorated by folks. Visiting in the nursing homes taken care of by folks. We're all doing our gifts. 
There's people that teach the little kids. There's people that don't need to teach the little kids. There's people that keep the nursery. There's people that don't know where the nursery is. There's people that, there's all kinds of gifts of service and, and all that. The Holy Spirit gives us that gift. But that's not all. It powers us to do what God wants us to do. It powers us. And what I love about the Holy Spirit, there's a million things, but what I love is when I read the Bible, I can read it like I'm going to teach it. And then sometimes I come to my senses and I humble myself and I say, Holy Spirit, as I read this word, make it fresh and speak to me. And did you know those words become live and it's like they come into my, my mind, my heart, my soul, and they speak to me. What an amazing gift to let that Bible become alive and the Holy Spirit just takes it. And here's what I know about the Holy Spirit. You say, well, that could be your own mind. Well, look, I'm a psychologist. I can mess with your mind. I, I totally understand that. The Holy Spirit never, ever, ever, ever gives me direction or anything that doesn't match that word. Can I get an amen? The Holy Spirit told me to divorce this person and marry this person. The Holy Spirit told me I didn't need to go to church anymore. I don't need to fool this. just about staying at home. In fact, I'm going to do a house church, me and my dog and I. That, that's probably Norman's spirit. I am Norman. That's the spirit of I. You get me? Now, I won't keep going because then we'll really get tense in here. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. I've had more people tell me stuff that's told, we love each other. It's okay. <clears throat> I mean, we can keep going with this. It, I know these people aren't really right and it doesn't match the Bible and all, but now we need to love each other and take not a very strong moral stance. <clears throat> when you go vote, you need to vote by the Holy Spirit guiding you, right? Amen. You live your life according to the Word of God, but the Holy Spirit gives you power to do that. Now, do you do it in a judgmental way? No. You, the Holy Spirit lets you stick your stand for godly, righteous values in a loving way. So you can be loving and smile and gracious, but you still do what's right. And even if your neighbor's a jerk, you're able to love them through the power of the Holy Spirit. Sister Crane. I only share that because she shared with us on Wednesday nights about a neighbor she had that the Lord took away. Okay, moving along. Number five. Oh, and by the way, there's so many more. The gift of marriage. Well, I could talk forever about that. The gift of a birth. All our mothers here can go, amen. Is that not a miracle? Oh my goodness, we just take it for granted. What a miracle. Gift. Well, the last one, I, I just got to kind of stop here, is a gift of eternal life. Of course, one of the greatest gifts of God is the gift of eternal life. Now, pastor, you just said life. Now you're adding eternal life. Well, the first life gets us going. It's a physical life that we have. 
And not all the time are physical life good. Sometimes we're born into rough families and tough times and things are bad. And on this side we experience stuff. But this is different. This is eternal life. Everybody in here knows John 3.16. For God so loved Carvin. God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son. We've talked about it. And, and what did the son do? What, what, what is that? That whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Will they pass away from this earth? Maybe, most likely that will happen. Lonnie did. I, I plan on it. But if he comes before then, I won't have to or get to. I don't know which one it is. It's kind of a Paul question, you know, which one is. But guys, this eternal life is a wow. I'm talking, if you're posting it, W-O-W exclamation point. It's a wow, eternal life. So the gift of life might be short. It might be 50 years, 60 years, 70 years, 90 years. Wasn't Lonnie 97? 97 years. I thought about that the other day and I went, I don't know I could live that much longer. <laughs> you know? Uh, unbelievable. And let me tell you, he's my hero. That's amazing, especially how long he had to stay in the nursing home and how, you know, he couldn't see and hear and all those kind of things. I just, I'm going, Lord, if it be your will, just let me boom and it's over with. You know what I mean? I'm a wimp. I'm just telling you. You know? And, I, and here's the scripture that I wanted to share earlier in Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. When we pass away, we still live. And I'm going to go ahead and say something really cold. Every soul ever born keeps living. And I'm going to say something very controversial. Every baby conceived, even if it dies in the womb, has a soul. Did you know that? That's life. When life happens, this idea of now after they're born, I mean, they're even getting so crazy now that they're born, you know, all this stuff. All I'm telling you, every one of those is a life. And it has a soul. And it's going to live for eternity everywhere. And the choice is either to be with God are separated from God. And I'm, I hate to tell you, yes, there's a heaven. We talked about that, and we're going to talk about it more maybe at the service. But there's also a place of separation, and it's called hell, and it's not good. Read the books if you've got the courage of people that have kind of had a glimpse of it. And they're pretty consistent, and it matches the Bible, and it's not good. And it's not little... Little demons with little horns and little pricky, you know, uh uh. It's not good. But you know, even if that wasn't the case, if it was just separation from God or not going to be with God and those who've gone on before in your family, that would be hell enough for me. And that there is indeed a way to have eternal life with God. And it's simply this it's on your outline ABC. It's accept the gift. So if I go up to Barbara and I say, Barbara, here's my briefcase. This, by the way, is my old one. Okay. And I give it to her. She has a right to accept it and she really doesn't want to accept it right now. Okay. Because she's smart. God made the provision. We've already read about that. 
and the gift of eternal life and a personal relationship with him is there, but you just need to accept it. If you go, well, that's cool, and man, I appreciate it, and I honor that gift, and I'll go to church and tell you how amazing you are to give that gift. I'll go to church my whole life and tell you how neat it is. I think it's a wonderful way of life. It's the way I was raised. I was raised in the South, and we say ma'am, and we say prayers, and we say grace, and all that. I think it's wonderful. Guys, here's what I'm saying. If you don't accept it personally, it don't work. It'd be like saying, yeah, I believe that briefcase is there. By the way, remember what the Bible says? The devils know Jesus. That's right. They know Jesus better than you do. Some of us. But if we just, and we honor it and we do all this, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's a part of our life. I carry it everywhere I go. I got Jesus right here. You know what I mean? That kind of, no, it's got to become something we take in and become a part of us, accept it. Now, in order to accept it, the second one's believe. And this is where faith comes in. We don't physically see Jesus at first. We don't generally physically see him. There's some exceptions. But we believe that he is indeed the Son of God. And that those scriptures, all these scriptures that talked about him and how he'd be born of a virgin and where he'd be born at and all that stuff. We believe that stuff. And so we step out on faith of not seeing and we believe it. So there's accepting it, this gift, and then believing it. And then when that happens within our life, and we're going to do that this morning, there's confession. The Word of God says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, there's two things about that that are awesome. When we confess, He forgives us. Now, how forgiving is he? Because I've forgiven some people, but I don't forget. I'm glad we're not on the internet, are we? Thank the Lord. I was on the phone recently with a son of a man that did a terrible thing. Terrible thing. And it's been about a year and a half ago or two, been a while, and he happened to call me. <clears throat> and he told me, he said, Pastor, I just want to tell you, I've decided to have a relationship back with my father because I need to be forgiven. I'm choosing to forgive him. And I want to tell you, that's knowing what he did, I was impressed. When we forgive others, we get forgiven. We know that. But God himself has forgiven you. Oh, but you don't know what I've done. I, it doesn't matter what you've done or I've done. The Bible says that God, when we confess the sin, now if you never confess it, you never ask for forgiveness, guess what? It'll stay there in the bank, drawing your interest down to a not a good place. 
But if you confess the sin, he's faithful and just to forgive. And the second part of that, we forget. And in the church of God, we sometimes don't teach it as much. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He sets us free and we don't need to go sin anymore. If we do, we have an advocate and we can ask. But really, God cleanses us and tries very hard with the power of the Holy Spirit. He provides the provision to live above sin. Oh, pastor, you've gone nuts. Yes, I have. Because it's in the Word. We can live above it. But let's go back to what we're going to do. Worship team, why don't y'all come up? They're going to get ready. If we accept, believe, confess. And I bet most all of us in this room have. But here's the thing. It's not a one-time deal. Every now and then... Just like I talked about Dana and I being married, I need to tell her I love her. Every now and then we need to talk. Every now and then we have a discussion. Every time we might even have an argument. Every now and then, the same with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Every now and then, God calls you personally and says, you know what, let's look at this. Well, pastor, where do you get that? The Bible's full of it, but let me go to David. He says, God tests me in this. See if there's any wicked way in me and point it out and I want to deal with it. Do you follow what I'm saying? The Bible's full of those stories. So here's what I'm saying. This morning is an opportunity for us to commune with God. Don't have to reconfess a sin that you've already confessed. But if there's something in your life or that sin that you struggle with. That's something in your life that you struggle with. All you have to do this morning is simply confess it to him where you're sitting or here at an altar or the front, wherever it is. Confess it to him. Examine yourself. And I'm about to read a scripture. In fact, I think it's on your outline. I don't know if we have it, Brooke, on there. Paul talked about it. And he said in 1 Corinthians, and I'm skipping down to verse 31, 32. And actually, it's a little earlier, too. If we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we're judged by the Lord or being disciplined by Him, we're not being condemned along with the world. What that scripture is telling us is we need to examine ourselves. Same thing David was saying. And this morning's a time of examination. And we're going to sing a song, Sanctuary, I believe. And we're going to sing that song. And at that time, that's a time for you to to pray, thanks that where you are you can come and come to the altars or whatever. It's a time for you to examine yourself and know this and say, God, do point out, do discipline me, do point out if there's any way in me because I want to leave this place cleansed. Amen? Cleansed. So we're going to spend time with Jesus this morning as we close, okay? So if you would, you can bow where you are. You can come and get your communion elements and sit or go back to your seat. And then a little bit later we'll pass them out to those that, that don't get to come up. Marlon will take care of that. But in the time of the song, let's pray. And then we'll sing this song. And then we'll get the elements and partake of that. Father... As we prepare to sing this song, as we confess our sins to you, Lord, as we spend time with you, I rebuke Satan and any condemnation he might throw. I pray that this might be love that we feel from the Holy Spirit of God 
telling us there's something in our life that maybe we need to, to deal with with you. And God, if we ask that question and you don't give us any direction, we celebrate that we are yours and you are ours. So God, in this time, let us examine ourselves. Let us look at ourselves. Let us receive this gift all over again this morning, Lord. And I pray for every person here, Lord, to just be real and genuine with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll sing. to read the scripture just listen Paul says for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself on the night that he was betrayed the Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks to God for it then he broke it in pieces and said this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me and in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying this cup is the new covenant between God and and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as oft as you drink it. For every time you eat the bread and drink the cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. I want to pray for you, and then 
if you haven't already taken elements, we'll take them together. And if you need help, raise your hand and Marlon or somebody will help you uh, open them. Oh God, what a gift. The gift of gifts. Thank you, Jesus, for willingly giving your life that we might have salvation and have a personal relationship with you. Thank you, Lord, that there's no condemnation in you. Thank you that you gave your body, and actually because of that we're even healed. And you gave your blood, and because of that we have remission of sins. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you. We are so honored. And God, take our confessions and take that Lord and put as far as the east is from the west. And because of that sacrifice, we leave holy. We're cleansed of all unrighteousness. So God, I pray the Holy Spirit will seal these commitments and this confession as we honor you in taking these elements this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. It is hard to get these things out. Praise be to God. Aren't you glad to be a part of the kingdom of God this morning? Amen. Can we sing that one more time? Let's sing Sanctuary as we close. Maybe we can stand and as you go back to your seat. Or... Let's stand as we sing this.